Welcome to Disputes Digest. Today is November 4th, 2020. I'm Chris Campbell. Remember to follow Disputes Digest on LinkedIn and leave us a review or to share the show with a friend or colleague if you're enjoying these weekly dives into the world of international dispute resolution. We start today with breaking news. The Selection Committee of the ICC Court reports exciting and breaking news. The International Chamber of Commerce has announced a recommendation for the next president of the ICC International Court of Arbitration. The next president-to-be, pending successful review and election, is Ms. Claudia T. Solomon, who will replace Alexi Moore and would be the ICC Court's first woman president in the organization's 100-year history. Her term would be effective as of 1st of July 2021, and upon notification of the news, Ms. Solomon had this to say. It is a true honor and privilege that I have been selected to succeed Alexi Moore. I want to thank the selection committee for their trust. I look forward to building on Alexi's success to assure that the ICC court remains the most preferred arbitral institution worldwide. The selection of Ms. Solomon marks a monumental milestone for the ICC and will ring in a new era for the organization. The full press release is available on the show notes or on the ICC's website. The good news continues on. The New York Convention Club got just a little bit bigger with Sierra Leone becoming the 166th country to become a party to the New York Convention. Notably, Sierra Leone has made its accession to the New York Convention upon three reservations. First, the recognition and enforcement of awards made in the territory of another contracting state. Second, to differences arising out of legal relationships, whether contractual or not, which are considered commercial under the laws of Sierra Leone. And third, to arbitration agreements concluded and arbitral awards rendered after the date of accession to the New York Convention. More information can be found on the New York Convention's website. The United Nations Conference on Trade and Development, UNCITAD, has recently released its latest Global Investment Trends Monitor. The report summarizes trends in foreign direct investment around the globe. Some of the trends covered in this edition are, first, that during the first half of 2020, global FDI fell by some 49%, largely impacted by the coronavirus, with developed economies experienced the biggest fall off at 75%. Second, foreign direct investment flows into developing economies decreased by 16%, less than originally anticipated. And finally, despite this decrease, FDI remains the most important source of external finance in developing countries. The full report and further insights are available on the UNCENTAD website. The agreed changes will empower the EU to protect its trade interests despite the paralysis of the multilateral WTO dispute settlement system. The Commission will also be able to act if similar problems arise in bilateral agreements. Full details available on trade.ec.europa.eu. After that, and staying with the European Commission, on October 30th, the publication Climate Change News reported a leaked draft version of a European Commission proposal that would reform the Energy Charter Treaty by removing coal, oil, and gas from the types of energy investments protected by the treaty. If approved, this rule would come into force 10 years from now, and investments in the meantime would not be protected. Now, briefly to the world of sports. An ongoing dispute of the boating competition, the America's Cup, sails as Emirates Team New Zealand, ENTZ, refers to the dispute which arose out of a race course dispute to arbitration after an unsuccessful mediation of the matter. The parties are in disagreement over the routes for a proposed upcoming race and championship competition, with neither party willing to concede. This is a developing story with more updates sure to come. Then, remember, remember, the 5th of November, the organization Very Young Arbitration Practitioners expands its reach to Portugal. 
The group announces its launch for November 5th, 2020, and aims to promote capacity building of law students and young practitioners who have an interest in international arbitration by creating an informal platform that allows for the exchange of knowledge and experience. All of this while creating a community within Portugal to foster the upcoming generation of international arbitration practitioners. The group makes its announcement with a webinar event titled Como Construir Uma Carreira em Arbitragem. Speakers include José Miguel Judis, Anacera E. Mora, and Carolina Apolo Roque. Head to the group's LinkedIn page to find out more. Another important piece of breaking news, this time out of the United States, the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in Servitronics Inc. v. Rolls-Royce PLC that Section 1782 may not be invoked to aid in foreign commercial arbitrations. This decision marks the first time that the Seventh Circuit has addressed the issue of whether Section 1782 authorizes a U.S. District Court under its jurisdiction to provide discovery assistance to foreign arbitral tribunals and further deepens the Federal Circuit split on the issue. The Fourth and Sixth Circuits allowing discovery assistance via 1782 and the Second, Fifth, and now Seventh rebuffing that interpretation. Further analysis will be needed to determine the application of the rule in U.S. federal practice. Finally, for the news, on October 27th, the Supreme Court of the United Arab Emirates issued a ruling that addresses the ambiguity of an arbitration clause and the discrepancies between English and Arabic translations thereof. The controversy surrounded the inclusion of the word may in the English version of the clause, interpreting the clause as parties may refer any dispute and rendering mandatory arbitration as invalid. Ultimately, the court upheld the arbitration agreement after examining the party's actions up to and subsequent the agreement. Now, on to opportunities. The ICC recently announced the launch of the 2021 edition of the ICC Institute Prize application. Applications are open to doctoral dissertations and long essays of a minimum of 150 pages that are written in French or English, the two official languages of the ICC, and on a topic of international commercial law, including arbitration. Candidates should not be older than 40, and April 5th, 2021 is the deadline for entries. Further information is available on the ICC Institute Prize website. Sticking with writing opportunities, the Oil, Gas, and Energy Law Journal has recently put forward a call for papers for its upcoming issue titled Circular Economy and Energy Transition with the deadline of the end of May 2021. Authors should explore the interconnections between economics and energy with the objective of highlighting the major synergies between the two disciplines and estimating what development of their relationship might look like going forward. The guest editor for this edition will be Dr. Maria Mazzanti. The International Center for Settlement of Investment Disputes, ICSID, at the World Bank is hiring an English-speaking counsel for its Washington, D.C. office. The ideal candidate has five years of post-qualification experience with experience in arbitration practice and procedure and will be responsible for mentoring and developing junior staff while working on various projects and reporting to the Secretary General, their deputies, or other so-assigned team leaders. Speaking Spanish would be an advantage and the full job posting is available on the ICSID website. Then out of Australia, the University of Melbourne has just advertised three research positions. The positions are an interdisciplinary discovery project funded by the Australian Research Council, ARC, entitled Balancing National Security and Economic Interest of Foreign Investment. Candidates are sought from across professional disciplines from law, policy, economics, and FDI, with a particular emphasis being placed on Mandarin and Portuguese speakers. Further information is available in the show notes. Finally, for opportunities, in collaboration with the French Innovation Bank Cooperative, BPI, Claros, an online dispute resolution platform, is looking for a candidate to conduct its PhD in law studies on decentralized justice at a French university. 
The cooperative will fully fund the candidate for a duration of three years. The candidate should have knowledge of blockchain technology and computer science with ideally some familiarity with internet law, regulation, and background. For more information, see the job posting. In the Finally, we end with events and webinars. Starting our events report for the day with an already occurred event back on October 20th, Monash University via its business law, taxation, and international trade and commercial law research group hosted an event related to the CISG. The event is titled, To Boldly Go, Data as the CISG, Next but Probably Not Final Frontier, and was led by Dr. Benjamin Hayward of the Monash Business School. The event is available in its entirety on YouTube. See the show notes for the link. Upcoming on November 9th, Uncentral announces a live webcast titled The Use of Mediation in ISDS as an Intercessional Program for Uncentral's Working Group Number 3. Since 2017, Working Group 3 of Uncentral has been working on the reform of Investor State Dispute Settlement, ISDS, namely to encourage greater use of mediation as a means of resolving such disputes. The conversation will offer opportunities to continue the discussion in a public, transparent, and open forum. Details are available on the Uncentral website. On November 5th, DIS40 Munich offers an event titled, It Takes Two to Tango, How to Deal with Respondents' Non-Participation in International Arbitration. As the name implies, the event will address the competing interest and rights of claimants and non-participating respondents' influence on the arbitral process, as well as the, as the best practices for claimants and tribunals in dealing with non-participatory respondents. The speakers for the event will be Courtney Ferner of Lalive, Florian Lobiel of Latham Watkins, Natalie Lingert of Schmidt, Wright & Partners. Speakers for the event will be Courtney Ferner of Lalive, Florian Lobil of Latham Watkins, and Natalie Lingert of Schmidt, Reigerts. More information available on the DIS 40 Munich event website. First up, the ICC Basis Workshop titled Internet Governance Forum, Global Crises and Responsible Data responds, which will address how collaboration through responsible data sharing could provide organizers, both public and private, around the world with access to the variety, quantity, and quality of data to enable further progress in all areas, including research, innovation, and policy development. More information is available on the ICC website. Then, on November 9th, the ICC hosts an event titled, How the Private Sector is Adapting Its Work with Refugees in the Context of COVID-19. Attendees will discuss a multitude of topics relating from current refugee scenarios, from movement to participation in global economies, employment, and how they adapted in the wake of COVID-19. Then, on November 10th, the Club Español de Arbitrage is hosting an event titled, The Enforcement of Intra-EU Awards. Will the U.S. come to the rescue? The event will be moderated by Alexander Alonso and will cover the current state of arbitral awards in the EU and how they will be impacted by global geopolitical events. Other speakers include Elliot Friedman, Dana McGrath, Brian Dunnan, Alberto Putin, and Naomi Beerkleef. More information is available on the organization's website. Fifth annual Oxford Arbitration Day is fast approaching. Set for November 13th, the event will consist of four panels, a roundtable discussion titled The Client View of Arbitration, and then several panels examining topics like complex construction arbitrations, failure to perform as a result of the pandemic, and finally, interim measures in international arbitration. The entire event will close with comments from the Honorable Charles Brower. That's it for this week. Remember to follow Disputes Digest on LinkedIn to leave us a review or share with a friend or colleague. Any comments or feedback for the show can be sent to talesofthetribunal at gmail.com. Until next week, this has been Disputes Digest by Tales of the Tribunal.